The killer bees. What about the murderous J's? We've got Joel, Jeremy, and Joe. That's three J's. Coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. It's the Killer Bees and Murderous Jays. Lance Erline's proven to be a uh, how would we just we would how would we say this non pop culture sieve? Is that a fair way to put it? He just quote tweeted uh, TMZ. Ariana Maddox sent graphic text to Tom Schwartz after Tom Sandoval support. Uh, this is from Vanderpump Rules, which it started last night. I don't know if you knew this or not. Oh, darn, it started, I, it. I, I watched the season uh, premiere. Uh, Joe, Joe and I Are you watched caught the up, show. Joe, Are you Joe caught did you up? watch the season premiere Oh, yeah, premiere we last watched night? the season premiere last night. Electric stuff. It was great. Electric stuff. Yeah, Ariana's feuding with uh, Schwartz because Schwartz is friends with Scandival, and he suggested that if you see Scandival, you should give him a hug. Uh, Lala apparently got into Ariana's... Uh, Ire, I guess, because she sent a, uh, a a supportive text to, depends on who you ask what her name is. Most people now call her Rachel. She likes to go by Raquel, but... Um, so Mello's, stuff Mello's wife's in this thing? No, I said Lala. What's Lala? Different Lala. Oh. Not okay. that Lala. Not the most frequent of names. So yeah. Just, yeah. But Lance is showing that he's just a uh, all sports all the time, doesn't pay attention to, to pop culture and great television that's on Bravo like uh, Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Joe and I have been forced to watch it with our wives. We can give you a recap each Wednesday if you no, want. I'm good. I love it. We can give you. You uh, know, I mean, recapping TV shows for way too long used to be a staple of this time slot. So, like, and we could, we could do that with this show. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, you just talk about Game of Thrones for like two hours. We, um, oh, we'll peel back the curtain here for a second. Uh, now the football season's over, we're going to bring back uh, Will of Bits. It's not going to be every day, and you never know what you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get one that day. You don't know if you're. You don't know what you're going to get that day. I feel like the one, and we have like a dozen of these things. I feel like the one thing that we did miss out on though is television. We can add che- we television. Need a, we need to that. add some sort of television. Right, and we, okay. we can have a creative name and do it. You can talk about your 500 pound listings. No, I don't watch that show. That's we, my wife. I thought you did. No, 500 pound listings. Don't. I see what you're doing there, but no. What was it's the either, one? What was the one you watched? My, millionaire, millionaire listings. I watched million dollar listings. And then your wife watches the 500 pound sisters, it's, or it's the. I think it's more than that. I think it's like a thousand pound sisters or something like that. Yeah. It's, so we can do reviews. Like we we'll figure out a way to do. It. Yeah. Are you like if listeners, if you like, have an idea, like, we're, we're not we're not like opposed to listening TV to you. Reviews. Yeah. Some sort of like we can do it creative ways. If you have ideas for us, uh, we're not too good for your ideas. I also forgot three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Like big deal. Little deal, no deal. Oh yeah, big deal, little deal, no deal. That yeah. the arrows mascot was at the Houston Sports Awards last uh, night. No Saw deal, that. no deal. Hmm. This is no deal. I don't. Some people think it's a big deal. I, don't, I think it's no deal at all. Uh, okay, well, I, I if, saw some people reacting. I, I did see yeah. a lot of people no reacting deal. this. No deal. But here's the question, though: Why is that costume look so fresh and new? And who would have revamped it? Because the old one doesn't exist anymore. It's buried under the rink in Minnesota. So what, what, but what's the purpose about bringing it back? Because it's the Houston Sports Awards, and they're paying homage to the history of sports in the city. Those costumes aren't cheap, Jeremy. I don't think. Did you see the event? Right, but it I was don't... like they spent tons of money. But I don't know that they're going to budget for a full mascot costume for one night of the Arrows mascot. <laughs> I, I think that this is no deal at all. There's a lot I, of rumblings about I know, and I bringing think the NHL to Houston. Sure. So I say little deal. I think it's no deal. It's a Houston it. sports award. They're paying homage to the history of sports in the city. They, they have, have not honored a shirts. single hockey player. Yeah, they no. had, 
in like well, five years. And literally, Gordy Howe ain't walking one, through that door. There's only one worth honoring. Fair. Like, what are you, you going to honor here, Joe? Gordy Howe. But isn't he no longer with us? No, he's not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's, exactly. there's one that's not walking through that door. So you're not going to be able to do that. Like, Ernest Givens was there wearing a Houston Oiler tie. Like, they're honoring the history yeah, they, of the sports they were honoring the Warren Moon. That's true. They did. So that's why he was there. I don't. I think it's no deal. You think it's? I think some there's deal something deal? to it. I, I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, little but, deal. But I definitely think that there's it, there's a little deal to it because I don't think as much as they put into that production, they were going to actually produce another Arrows mascot. See, I did. I 100 percent do because there's a lot of other things that come into play. Did Tillman Fertitta leak to the Houston Sports Authority that he's going to buy a hockey team? Do we know that if he does buy a hockey team, he's going to name them the Arrows? Like, there's so many things that have to, like, check the box, check the box that I I just don't believe. Yeah, I mean, I understand that it might not be the actual name of the new franchise or anything like that. It's just a little bit puzzling why... The Arrows mascot reappeared last night. <laughs> I don't think it is because it's the Houston Sports Awards, and it, they're paying homage to the Houston sports scene. Seven one three seven eight zero. Was the ESPN. Dynamo mascot there? Big deal. Mid. I don't know, but no one would take a picture of it. Maybe they would. I mean, Glenn what Davis. Is the Dynamo mascot? Toro was there in a suit. I saw that. Okay, was Clutch? We had we had Will was Doctor Haley there. The, Comet the, the there? Astros mascot was there. Orbit? Lance Orbit. Colors? Oh. Oh, I see what you did there. Very well played. He did. Uh, I, I saw on Twitter that he did make a self-deprecating joke. Did he? Yeah, whenever he like said something about how he's always hurt or something. Oh. I should have I should have DVR'd it. Was it on the real channel, too, or was it on like that digital channel, oh, It was on digital. Oh, I could have DVR'd it, then. Was, was Haley there? Who's Haley? Haley the Comet. Oh. Because then, you know, if they're going to bring back the Arrows mascot, then Haley the Comet should reappear. How many other former Houston sports teams has recognition? Um, oh, quite a bit. I mean, Oilers do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess. I guess the Arrows do. I mean, Swoops got inducted last night, right? Yeah, she did. I no, it was Cooper. Cynthia did. Cooper. No, did. Cynthia Cooper. Swoops is already in. Yeah. Well, what are you trying to say, in. Joe? I can't remember. Next who year, it was. Tina Thompson. I'm sure will go in. Ocho says, "Wifey has me watching both Vanderpump Rules and Million Dollar Listing." I, I don't. I think I've caught an episode or two of Million Dollar Listing, but it's not one we, we watch. watched. We watched that one too. Oh, is it back? Is it back in? No, I don't think it's back yet. But I've watched that. Yeah, because I'm waiting for it to come back. But Ooh. we record it. This is a mean text. We'll be saving that for uh, for Friday. What's it about? It's not about any of us. It's oh. about 500 pound sisters and which city they might oh, find I them in. I read that one, <laughs> Charles. Oh. I, could, I, I could I could tell you this right now though because there was the the before the sisters one that Lisa's watching. I told you I caught a couple episodes of where the whole family goes through it, and they live in Louisiana, and they come to Houston to try and because the doctor that's the expert is here in downtown Houston at like St. Joseph's or something like one of the hospitals that's trying to help them shed like really? three hundred pounds a piece. I wish them well. Three 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 eight and quickly. They haven't paid homage to the arrows in years. Why should they do that last night out of nowhere? They're always looking for extra touches. I just I have a hard time believing Tillman might would have would like tipped them doesn't off. Necessarily, doesn't necessarily have to be Tillman? Isn't there? Isn't there like a, a whole? Uh, I think it kind of does have to be Tillman because where else are they going? I know that Tillman doesn't own the Toyota. I Center. know he's shown interest in hockey before, but you you could think you would think that there might be a a bring hockey to Houston or a second ownership group. This Look, guy. I mean, Look at how many people wanted to buy the Rockets before Tillman got them. This guy says the Arrows Twitter account posted the mascot, too, and the hinted at hoping Twitter the team account? comes back. That's what I was going to say. By the way, he does own the Toyota Center. He does own the Toyota yeah, Center? He now he it. does. Now he, he got does. it with the Rockets. Oh, yeah, really? It, it, there was yeah. a, it, the way that the deal was written was... Well, then it has to be him. The, the sports authority controls it for the first 20-some-odd years, and then it transfers ownership to the owner of the basketball team. 
Oh, well, that's good. That's a great deal for Tillman. We should, mm-hmm. we should, of course. I mean, that's no surprise. He's always making great deals. People are saying the Houston hot shots. But just because Shout he owns the Glenn building Davis. doesn't mean he, he. You could have someone that rents the, you know, rents out the date. That's who why you, I think they don't have a team. Who do you think is the most yet? likely person to purchase the uh, a hockey team? Well, I think Tillman's one of them. But I think, <laughs> but but okay. But I can tell go. you that there are others. I can tell you that the people from um, Toyota, right. from Gulf States Toyota, who were in the running to buy the Rockets. Would be would also be in the running to buy a hockey team. But if we believe that they're hinting that they're going to purchase a hockey team, this is the first we're hearing Gary of McNair. it. This is the first we're hearing of it. You would have already heard about the wheelings and dealings and all of this stuff. It wouldn't be like, hey, hey, nudge, nudge. Let's have out the old mascot, and that means we're bringing back an NHL team. Ah, I just I'm not buying that at all. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Bobby Slowick staying. Gerard Johnson staying. Does another year with Slowick and Stroud automatically give you confidence that Gerard Johnson can take over as offensive coordinator in 2025? I don't think automatically it does. I think that it's encouraging by him having another year to you know go lockstep with Bobby Slowick and and you know again get more comfortable with the system, understand the way he does things, you know watch how he calls plays. You know, and get another year under his belt of experience with that system, with that with that coach, so that if he does leave, you would think after two full years as the quarterbacks coach that he would have a pretty good grasp on everything after that point. Um, that it would help me to believe that he'd be ready. But I, I said right from the get go, one year as the quarterbacks coach under Bobby Slowick uh, and the Shanahan offense wasn't enough for me, and that's why I would have looked outside the organization to replace the OC this year. In a year's time, I would feel a, a lot more comfortable giving him the opportunity to take over. I'm 100% there. And, and I had reservations uh, if it were to happen this offseason. Uh, but I'm 100% there. Because if Slowick's leaving... You're there after next year. Yeah, after next yeah, year. Yeah. yeah, in 2025. Um, because if, if Slowick's leaving, that means you had another good year. Like, he's not leaving if your offense is 20th in the NFL. I don't believe. Now, it happened with Mike Vrabel, but Vrabel was, like, well-respected. They thought he was the head coach in the making. Slowick is making his hay because he's, like, this offensive wizard. Not because he's well-respected in the NFL and has this name like Mike Vrabel did coming through Patriots and all this, you know, success as a player. Uh, not that he had to have tons of success as a player, but he was like thought of as a player, as a future head coach. No one knew who Bobby Slowick was until he was like hanging out in San Francisco and became the OC with the Texans. So if he's going to be a head coach in the NFL, it has to be offensive prowess, uh, you know, wizard, brainiac, et cetera, et cetera. So if he has the 20th ranked offense in the NFL next year, he's not going to be a head coach. So for him to be a head coach, he's probably going to have to have at minimum a top 10 offense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So that means that Gerard's watching that. And the secondary part of this if, is a reason that I've had hesitation if Gerard were, to, Gerard were to take over as the OC this year. He hasn't had a ton of time in the Shanahan scheme, in the Shanahan you know, way of right. doing things. A second year, I'm all there. Gerard's a, a sharp mind. He's brilliant. Uh, a second year with Bobby Slowick. A second year of a productive offensive season, I think he would have to have a top 10 type of year in order for him to leave. That means Gerard's kind of watching him along the way, you know, learning the ropes, et cetera, et cetera. I would have 100% confidence, Gerard, your, your future OC next year if Bobby Slowick does leave. I mean, and I think, honestly, if you've spent two years in a system with the same offensive coordinator, you either are going to get it after that or you don't. And I would think that, you know, and everything that you said too, knowing him personally, but I would think that his football acumen and his experience, that after two years, he'd be ready to take the the next step and take an OC job no matter what. He obviously was interviewing for him this year. So I, I would think that if he gets a second year under the Slowick with the system, yeah, for sure. One three one seven. I think it would be good if the Texans got someone new on their staff. Some amount of change is always good. New di- new ideas are much better than groupthink. 
Uh, I think that that's fair. But I also think that good yeah, but- offensive minds kind of go away from, like, they go watch other people, and they, they start to emulate uh, what other people are doing, too. You can pick and choose, but at the same time, you keep the same terminology and everything the same for CJ for yet another year. Well, he's not saying to change the scheme. He's saying to have, like, some offensive minds that are, like, an other positional, like, like running back coach yeah. or offensive line coach, and you bring some new ideas to the table, not that you're changing scheme or language. Or but I'm philosophy. saying in a year's time, if Slowick leaves, the ideal situation for CJ, period, uh, regardless sure. of anything else, is just to keep everything else in place and just move up to rough. I agree, but that's not what the text is saying. No. The text is saying new blood is always kind of good. That way you can exchange some ideas, which I, I don't disagree with. Uh, I don't, but I also think that old blood should be always looking for new blood. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. What's the ideal best way to use the last three guys in the Astros bullpen? No limitations, no feelings, no whatever. How would you best deploy them? 713-780-3776. Killer Breeze, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter-patter. Well, pitter-patter, let's get at her. Back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. The show name is a reference to how many great Astros' last name begin with the letter B, who were playing back in the 90s when they were not winning World Series. Bagwell, Biggio, Barry, Bell, and eventually Bergman. You might not remember Barry and Bell, but trust me, you remember Blank and Brenham. Here they are now, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. James on the uh, the Twitter. Uh, don't forget Gerard Johnson was coached by Sherman in college, who also used the same offensive system under Kubiak. I actually think he may have a better grasp than we think on the offense. Good point. Uh, he set records there at Texas A&M. Really, really good college player. Then hurt his shoulder. Probably cost him a chance at the – still got a chance at the NFL, but cost him probably a career in the NFL. Uh, what is the best way to deploy the back end of the Astros bullpen? You have Hader, you have Abreu, you still have Ryan Presley. We no limitations, no feelings, no whatever. You're the manager of the club. You can deploy them however you choose. How are you doing it? I'm going Abreu in the seventh. I'm going Presley in the eighth. I'm going Hader in the ninth. And I'm doing that because of the fact that I like to vary between the overpowering fastball, the control and the stuff of Presley as the setup man, and Presley also as the guy that that has been there and done that in the eighth inning before. And I'm going with the dominance and the proven dominance over multiple years of Hader, and I think that I, I can live with those results. I think that if I if I go Abreu to, to set the tone from whoever your starter was or however you got there, and you know that he continues to develop and be a high-leverage guy, uh, I think he's perfect to go big-time fastball, change of pace again with Presley with all of his stuff and his ability to be you know accurate and, and handle the stressful situations, and then finish it off with Hayter. Uh, Bear Brothers with you. Uh, Brayu, Presley, then Hayter. 713-780-3776-1317. Best way to deploy them is like Tampa does it. No defined roles, no egos. Whatever you are in the game, go get outs. If I don't have to worry about feelings, I don't have to worry about limitations, I don't have to worry about all of this stuff, I, that's exactly what I'm doing. And it's probably what you'll see in the playoffs. 
Uh, I think that they'll do what you do in the regular season when, when roles are more necessary. A lot of people would tell you that roles are more necessary in the regular season, which I do tend to agree somewhat. Um, but I'm playing the matchups too. Like you have a lefty and hater and you have two righties and a Brayu and Presley, and they're all capable of getting three outs, whether it's the seventh, whether it's the eighth, whether it's the ninth. And we, we have this preconceived notion that like, because we've been conditioned to think this, that the final three outs are the toughest three outs. That's not always true. You might have the bottom of the order up in the ninth inning, as opposed to having the middle of the order up in the eighth inning. So where are the tougher three outs? They're in the eighth inning in a one run game. Um, so I don't necessarily need to define roles if I have a pocket of a, a slugging lefty immediate like a, a guy who's a righty but it doesn't like he's got even splits and then another dominating lefty hitter I want hater to face mm-hmm. that pocket over a Brayu and Presley so I would go that route I would play the matchups I would play the pockets in the other team's lineup I'll concede you probably don't see this in the regular season but you probably could in the postseason, uh, Josh Hader is on with Major League Baseball Network. He de- he detailed exactly some uh, some things on being a one inning guy because there's been a lot of talk. Well, he's only a one inning guy. He doesn't want to do two innings. Doesn't want to get more than three outs. And he was flat. I mean, he flat out gave the truthful answer as to why he did that. He said the closer demand was one of the biggest things that a lot of people hovered over me, and it's not something that I made up. Hater told him network. The arbitration system told me the traditional role of the closer is where the value is with relievers. So Hater, whenever he was going through these arbitration cases, he finally put his you know drew the the line in the sand and said, "I'm not going to be a guy who goes multiple innings for you anymore. I need to be a traditional closer because it's going to beef up my arbitration." arbitration numbers uh, because the arbitration system didn't give credence to a guy who gets four outs in the last out in the seventh, all three outs in the eighth inning. And he said, look, I'm open to whatever. And now that he got paid, I think that he would be open to whatever. Now, I don't think they'll do this in the regular season. But I have, like, zero qualms. And there's been this idea, well, Hayter's only a three-out guy. He's not going to give you multiple multiple innings. He's not going to be an inning and a third. In the postseason, listening to Hater speak, and now that Hater's gotten paid, the reason that he drew the line in the sand was because they were screwing him in arbitration. But now that he's making $19 million a year and hearing Hater talk about it, if Josh Hater needs to give you four or five outs, Josh Hater's going to do it. Yeah, it's a shame. I appreciate his honesty. It's a shame that this is what it's come down to, that the players are going to make the individual business decision and, and it's not going to be about the team anymore. But I think you're right. The, the big key to me was... He played his cards perfectly because he became the highest paid reliever in the game. He got the money that he was after by doing what he did. But now he came to a a team that he flat out said that he wanted to be on because of the culture, because of the teammates, because of how much they care. And I think that winning is going to be the most important thing to him now that he got paid. And so I do think that he'll be able to give you multiple innings now as opposed to previously. Now, to your point, I don't think you see it in the regular season. No, I do not either. Postseason, I would expect to see it. He he also did it in his career before this arbitration stuff. Like, like he is the only Major League Baseball pitcher in the history of the game to face eight batters and strike out eight players. Like, he did – that was 2018. He did in Milwaukee? He did in Milwaukee. So, like, he's gone more than three outs a a ton of times in his career. He just hasn't done it recently because they were screwing him over. Was that the Padres that were screwing him? 
I guess. Well, I could, cause I could see the Brewers screwing. Them. I wouldn't say it's the Padres. No, it was I the think... Brewers. It was during the arbitration process yeah. with the Brewers because, like, he was he wasn't a closer when he came up, and no. they were using him as a multi inning reliever. Yeah. Like, I think the I don't know when the eight up eight down happened. It was twenty eighteen. So that was that with Milwaukee. Was, yeah, it was yeah, Milwaukee. Was, was yeah, Milwaukee. No, notoriously cheap. They so. were using him as a multi out weapon out of the bullpen. I don't remember who was closing for them back then. It was probably before Devin Williams. No, because Williams became the he yeah. was the setup guy for Hater until they got rid of so Hater, before, and then they moved up. I don't Williams. know who the closer was prior to that but they were using him as this multi out he would pitch an inning in the third he would pitch two innings and the arbitration process doesn't reward you for that as a reliever because they're looking at like saves and they're looking at holds for whatever reason which is silly it's it's antiquated it's a very silly way to look at and quantify like who's a good middle reliever or not so whenever he got screwed in arbitration he's like well i'm not doing that anymore i'm not doing i need to, i need to he rack made a up business saves decision, but he's playing for a team that is the ultimate cheap skates when it comes to you know, look at Corbin Burns. Look at the way they handle everything. It didn't surprise me. I, I, I was a little surprised because from a San Diego perspective, I think San Diego Chargers before they were L.A. and the Spanos family, how cheap they were. I don't think of the Padres being cheap with all the contracts they got. So that's why I'm glad. Because yeah. Milwaukee is notoriously in those arbitration things It was cheap. It was Milwaukee. Now, very nitpicky, but I think San Diego gets uh, a bad rap for being like free spenders. Like they got a lot of these players when they were still relatively cheap, and then look what they did this past off season. They let everybody they go they, 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 because they, they still have some big all, ones. Well, they had to take out a yeah. loan to make payroll. They're cash poor. Yeah, San Diego was cash poor. Uh, so that's the reason that Hater left. They traded Soto. Soto. I think they let another big free agent go. Well, oh, Hosmer, it's going to be Blake Snell. Yeah, he yeah. hasn't signed yeah, he anywhere has, yet. Right. Uh, Blake Snell is not going to be back with the Padres. So I'm a, I'm a fan of the, like, cool with the defined roles, whatever, during the regular season. But I'm playing the matchups. Once you get to the postseason, you're playing, let's just say, the Phillies in the World Series. And they're going, they have Kyle Swarber, they go Trey Turner, and then they have Bryce Harper. I don't care what, if it's the seventh inning, and that's who you have coming up, give me the lefty Josh Hader. Give me the lefty Josh Hader. If you're playing the Yankees in the ALCS, and they – now this one's a little tricky because they have Soto, but you go Judge, Soto, Rizzo, and Rizzo. I'd probably go Hader there too. So you can just throw me these three-guy pockets. Now, Hader's probably the guy I'm giving priority to, but that priority might be in the seventh inning. Yeah. That priority could be in the eighth inning. Maybe it's in the ninth inning. But my top lefty is facing the best three man pocket with lefties in that spot. No doubt. No in the doubt. postseason. And, and you guys were the ones that brought this up when we were talking about it in the playoffs last year. It doesn't matter who gets the title closer. The, the highest of high leverage situations is where Abreu would be the guy that you would throw out there first because of the fact that he has the most dominant fastball and stuff. Look. And if you got an extra guy to do that with in the playoffs, plus you can keep their arms fresh, I'm all about it. Yeah, Ryan Presley, to me, in the 7th, 8th, and ninth in the playoffs gets the lowest leverage guys. He yeah, I would the, agree with that. He gets six, seven, eight, whatever it is. Yeah, I think that's true. But and I also really, I, I kind of like the fact if you're a spada that you can you can fluctuate. So you go from fastball to Presley to another fastballer when you need to too. But you're right, high leverage is first priority. One five eight six Presley needs to close out in the playoffs. One run in twenty seven playoff appearances. He's all time great in the playoffs. I, I agree that he is an all time great. Probably the second best reliever in modern history outside of Mariano Rivera in the postseason. 
That said, I'm going with the guy who has the best chance to get three outs that day, not what they've done in the past. Now, it is good that Presley has that because he's not going to be scared of the moment. Like, right. he's, hey, if it's the seventh inning in a big spot, well, that's fine. Uh, they talk about, too, that Presley's numbers aren't great in non-safe situations. Eh, he was a setup man for most of his career. Yeah, in Minnesota, he was a damn good eighth-inning guy, and that's why they went out and got him. 713-780-ESPN. You can uh, continue to weigh, on, weigh in on this if you want. 713-780-3776. I have a hard time committing to this Mike Evans projected salary that I've been seeing with all the holes the Texans have. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Planet Unicorn, hey. Planet Unicorn, Unicorn Planet. You're back where you belong, in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with the killer bees who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy. He's Blank, I'm Branham. CBS Sports uh, did a projection where they were guessing where, and I say guessing because they have no clue, but they're guessing on where some of their top free agents are going to sign in the offseason. And they projected three to the Texans, uh, Sheldon Rankins, which... I don't know. Like these D'Amico Ryan's clues that that's, they need to improve the defensive line. Eh. That's the curveball, right? I, I actually thought that he was above average. He did his job. I thought he helped the defense. But when you hear D'Amico at the end of the year, it makes you think maybe he thinks there's better out there. I thought that uh, I thought the defensive line was a strength of this I team did too. with Grenard and Anderson bookending it. And then you had Collins. Rankins and Collins. And I thought the big boy Ridgeway played pretty good for a mm-hmm. while, too, before he got hurt. Uh, but then D'Amico, yeah, we got to be better against the run. Even oh, Joe's guys from Thunder Notre Dame Brink. filled in and played decently at the end D- of the year. Yeah, the uh, Hinnish. Yeah, and then uh, Davis was yeah, the XFL Heinish, guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hinnish, Heinish, who cares? No, I'm not saying to correct you. <laughs> I'm saying he, I just think about him as putting the eye black all over his eyes. Yeah, um, he did do that. He wore it like mascara. Yeah, he did. So anyways, Sheldon Rankins, Singletary, they, they guessed that the Texans brought them back. I liked Rankins. I don't know if D'Amico does. Uh, Devin Singletary, obviously we liked him. Uh, mm-hmm. We want Singletary back. I think it's a good conversation like, do you want Singletary back, but is RB1 or RB2? I think RB2. I think a lot of people want you to out-recruit Devin Singletary and have a have a better RB1. I can live because, like, the devaluation of running backs, like, I can go both ways with running backs. If you wanted to sell, like, if you can get Saquon Barkley for $11 million a year, 33 for three, okay. I'm not going to be mad at Saquon Barkley on this football team. If Austin Eckler has zero interest from other teams, and I know that he looks like he's washed, but he's going to sign for five, six million on a one year prove it deal, okay. I can get excited about that. You know, Josh Jacobs, we've talked about him. Tony Pollard, we've talked about him. So I can go either way with, hey, let's bring in a, a free agent to either compete or be RB1 with Singletary. I can also go, let's not spend any money on running backs. Let's draft uh, the best one we can find in the third or fourth round and then maybe draft another one in the fifth or sixth round and you fill out your running back room that way. I think the market really matters on Singletary. Absolutely. I, I think that and if you all get free a, agents. Yeah, but I think if you get a team or two that's willing to promise him running back one, then obviously it's going to be a lot dependent upon him. Uh, if if someone that's trying to overpay him, then you I don't think you want to get in a bidding war over a Devin Singletary because you yeah. can find other guys systematically that'll fit. But he said that this was the most fun he's ever had playing football was playing this year on this team with this culture and this this coaching staff. If you can get him, if he's that bought into it, and you can get him to understand similar role, he might be running back one, might be running back two, but he's still going to get carries and he's going to get time and he's going to get the ball then I think it's a great fit to bring back on a probably not-so-expensive contract. 
Yeah, it's hard to imagine that there's going to be many or any teams that want him as RB1. Like he, I would think you're right. He had a good year, uh, maybe the best year he's had, but he wasn't bad in Buffalo this past year, and he didn't get RB1 offers. I mean, right. He wasn't brought here to start. And when he was here, he did have some stinkers, too. I mean, he played well for the most part. He had some games that were... But, yeah, I think that it was a great fit for him, and it was a great fit for the Texans. Yeah. I don't think that should be a problem, finding a financial kind of comfort zone Same. and just saying let's mutually agree like he's probably not a top 20 running back in the world he's probably not a top 25 running back in the world maybe top 30 maybe obviously system is really sure. ma- really mad him and cashman are two guys and specifically i think system really matters if you just put every running back in the league in a draft pool though singletary might top not 30. go top 20 not, probably not go top 25 now he's going to get drafted high cuz he plays in the scheme and he's RB1 but like i think Miami has two better running backs than the Texans no do with with Mostert and, and Achan. so like if you're if you put every running back in a in a draft pool i don't think Singletary goes top 30 that's not to say i'm poo-pooing it sounds like i'm poo-pooing on Devin Singletary but i'm not i like Devin Singletary but he doesn't have to be your RB1 he can still be an RB2 mm-hmm. the final player that CBS projects is Mike Evans uh, to the Texans. And they project Evans on a... Actually, they don't have a projection. This is the pro football focus projection on him. Three years with a $23 million annual value. 23 a year? 23 a year I'm for out. Mike Evans. I'm out. I'm out on that as well. I have a hard... Like, I, it's hard for me to be like, hey, they're going to sign Mike Evans in this $23 million per year deal. And like, it's hard for me to be like, oh, that sucks. Like, I probably couldn't do that. Like, it would feel weird because I like Mike Evans as a player. And I think Mike Evans would fit nicely with Nico and Tank. And it would make this offense really, really good. But you have, and we, we looked at how many starters the Texans have, like, potential to fill. And it's, like, in double figures. If you're committing $23 million, and, and even if you get, like, the cap casualties and you cut the woods and you cut the ward and say you can get the salary cap up to $60 million, you're spending 23 no of way. that 60 and you still have about 10 other starters that you have to fill. Right. I think it's too big a piece of the pie. And here's the other thing, Jeremy. We talked about it. The receiver room isn't as bad as we thought it was going to be to start the season last year, and it's really a pretty good one when you start, when you start by talking about Nico and Tank. And then you start adding other guys around them to see what else they can do. And Hutchinson's the guy they're gonna they're gonna develop, and and you know we'll see what Mechie brings. But it's not like it was a dire, desperate need. So if you take that money instead and say, okay, instead of twenty three for per year for three years, if I go thirty three for three years, eleven a year, and I add a a Saquon Barkley to a running back room that I could probably get Singletary for for five or less. Now I'm taking a you know literally a fraction or a little more than half of what you were going to be paying Mike Evans in a receiver room that was pretty good, and I'm totally revamping my running back room to saying I could have one of the best one-two combinations in the NFL. And you're probably limited on who you can add defensively because now you're like, well, you're not going to upgrade Jimmy Ward. Well, what are you doing at the linebacker spot? You just talked about how you need to get better against the run. How are you doing that without money to spend on the defensive line? So it's too. But if you draft for a Sweat, me. if Sweat's there and you draft Sweat uh-huh. at defensive tackle, mm-hmm. but but free agency is going to happen before the draft. Oh, that's true. So you that that throws a wrinkle into it too. The exact figure was three years, sixty nine million, twenty three million per year, fifty two and a half million of it guaranteed. Too much. That's too, too big, big of a number pot. for me. Now, if you if you were set across the board and you had no other positions to fill, sure. now you wouldn't be sixty million under the cap in this scenario. Right. But if you had two or three starters that you needed to fill, as opposed to nearly ten or more, 
Okay, like that, that, that to me makes more sense where you spend 23 million of the pie of maybe 60 after you cut some guys whenever you have two or three spots to fill. But not if you have 10 to 12. No, no, so no. that's too high for me. Um, I think that's something that the fans probably don't want to hear. I think it's something that Nick Casario is well, probably it's the sexy in, in sync thing, right? with it's us. It's a sexy, Absolutely big name, is. homecoming, the whole works. And, and it shows, you know, hey, the, the, the Texans were able to land a premier free agent. But at what cost? And when the cost is that high and you have all those other guys that you either have to bring back or find uh, replacements for, uh-huh. I, I just don't think it's the smart move to make. Yeah, I really – I don't either. And I don't want to uh, poo-poo your grand free agency ideas or to be a wet blanket Branham or a buzzkill Branham on it. I think you can kiss the idea of Mike Evans being a Houston Texan goodbye. Because I don't – I think Nick Casario is going to see this the way that we see this, uh, where he's not going to spend $23 million of a potential $60 million of the pie on one singular position when they have upwards of 10 starters that they have to fill. So you have that from CBS. Meanwhile, Pro Football Focus, they have their top 150 uh, free agents. And today they put out a uh, – they, they put a potential landing spot for every single one of their receivers on the top 150. They didn't predict where this player was going to go. They just they, they listed two or three, maybe four spots for certain players that are potential landing spots for certain all these receivers like a T. Higgins, mm-hmm. like a Mike Evans, even Noah Brown's on this list because he's a top 150 uh, free agent coming up this offseason. The Texans were listed a grand total of zero times hmm. as a potential landing spot for any receiver. So on one extreme... CBS, you have them landing Mike Evans, who's either the top wide receiver target or he's second behind T. Higgins. And then you have Pro Football Focus saying that they're not a potential landing spot for any of the top 150 receivers. So those are the two extremes, shopping at the top of the market versus not shopping at all. And I think that finances are the biggest reason why. And because of the fact that, you know, that they could go out into the draft and find another receiver and it doesn't have to necessarily be a clear cut wide receiver one. And you have three receivers that are going to be put you probably in the top 10 to 15 in the NFL from a receiver room perspective overall with the depth that that would create. And you don't have to spend a single penny in free agency on wide receiver. That would be ideal. Uh, A-Chain is how you pronounce it. That's how they pronounce it in college. Who does this guy think he is, Akeem? They changed it. I think it used to be A-Chan. I think that's right. Or I actually think it might have been. I think it was a chain. And now, and now it's a chan. Yeah. I can't keep up. I'm just going to call him whatever I sound okay. like. Whatever, whatever I want to call him in the moments when I'm going to call him. And if he gets offended by that, well, you shouldn't change your name. I'm sorry. And, I think it's and you Devon. play in a different But city. if you know who he's referring Devin, to. Devin, Devon, then... A-chan, A-chan. Doesn't matter. We I know think, who I'm talking about. I think it was Devin A-chan and now it's Devon A-chan. I don't care. Well, the other guy, too. <laughs> the other running back, not Mostert or A-chan. There was another Jeff guy. Jeff Wilson's the other one in that room. Oh, I thought, but the, Jeff Wilson got hurt. I know you're talking about. It's spelled like salmon or yeah, and it completely is a, di- a different pronunciation. Like the Texas guard we were talking about yeah, the other day, he was in that running back room too. Yeah. yeah, he's got a really weird pronunciation that doesn't add up to the spelling. Aggie Matt says D Hop wants to come back. You taking D Hop or Mike Evans if you have to choose one? Is that true? Like I saw the Roosh thing that was circulating today, which is yeah. a year old, but apparently said somebody said that Granado said that D Hop wants to come yeah, back. I don't know that Aggie Matt. I can't comment on that because according to you, I don't. Football. I'm probably I, I'm probably gonna if I had to choose one. I really don't want either. If I had to choose one, I'm probably gonna go with the value guy in D Hop. But is he gonna give you value? Because you know he's always been pushing his price tag, no matter how much he's. What did he make off, this past year? He 10? Wanted, yeah, at least ten. So do you pay ten for D Hop, or you pay twenty three for Mike Evans? Um, t- yeah, for sure. I, want, I, I don't I, want either. I, I don't. I don't want either. Also, but if I'm gonna take one of the one or the other. Because of all the other salary, uh, all the other salaries I got to fill, the, the guys I got to resign or go get, 
Yeah. I, I'm going to take the cheaper of the two. 80, 89. What about Odell at seven a year for the Stay away. <laughs> I don't want to even hear about it. No. Yeah, no, I'm, no, and no. Yeah, I'm out on the idea of Odell. He's going to be a Jet. I would go D-Hop in this D-Hop or Mike Evans. Now, how about Mike Evans at 23, which we both agree is too much, too much. or not signing a wide receiver at all? I'm not just, signing a wide receiver at all. I'll draft one. Okay. Now, are you keeping Woods in this scenario? No. Well, are you, how are you filling the room? Well, I hope I hope Mechie gets back to Mechie football, Mechie, and, and, and I hope that Hutchinson keeps continues to develop. So you right now you have Nico Tank, Hutchinson, Mechie. You can cut Woods, and I think it was $4 million four that you can save, 4 yeah. or $5 million that you can save. So Collins, let's assume we're cutting Woods. Collins, Tank, Hutchinson, Mechie. You're mm-hmm. filling out the receiver room with two, with two rookies? I'm going I'm to draft at least one. Okay, well, you need six. Okay. Probably six. Yeah, but you might be able to get another guy late in the draft. Wouldn't be a or, top 150 free agent, but you could still be a veteran free agent. So yeah, be a top you could still get that, or you could get that's a vet. That's like a, I'm be, doing be, Chris be, Conley. It would be worse than Noah Brown, because Noah Brown's 148. He's 148 on their top 150. I think Noah Brown, Brown liked it here. I, I, I don't know if anybody's going to overpay him, but yeah, if you can get another veteran you know, on the cheap. I think if I go this route and don't sign a free agent, I'm probably just keeping Woods. I'm probably just keeping Woods. He wasn't bad and looking traffic. One. He surprised me with his hands. Like if I'm not signing a top 150 receiver, you might as well just keep Robert Woods. Okay. Draft a third round receiver. Hope that you hit like you hit on a third round receiver, Nico Collins. Oh. Hope you hit in a third round receiver like you did Dang. Tank Dell. That because that that room still needs veteran. Like that, you still need a veteran in that room. Nico's still on his rookie deal. Tank's on his rookie deal. Hutchinson, Mechie on their rookie deal. If you're drafting another rookie, I need a I need a grown up there. I, I need a veteran in that room. Even if he's not giving me production. I'll split it with you. I'll, get, I'll go one I draft and one I get on the cheap as a veteran, and I add them to that room. And but I, not and Woods? You, well, you can keep Woods. See, I think I'm just keeping Woods in that scenario. I'm fine with that, as long as they draft one that could be a guy that could actually you know, show his value and bump it up a little bit. Now, if you sign a top 150 receiver, sorry. See you later, Robert Woods. We appreciate your For service sure. and wish you well Are you guys sure? in your future endeavors. You don't For think what? that Mechie's the, the wide receiver that could be on the outs? Uh, I don't think that I don't his... think he's on the outs, but I think he's got a lot to prove in training camp. Well, he was. I mean, he played more snaps than Robert Woods did in the final game. No, he did. I just. I don't know. I wonder. Woods like... was dinged up, right? Eh, was he? Yeah. And also, it's you don't save any money for Mechie. Like it's pretty much a wash. In fact, you lose one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, so he'll be here. I mean, I, I hope. Yeah. I hope he figures it There's out. Zero next year, cap but... savings there. It's negative cap savings there. You lose if you cut him. Yeah, it's I cheaper just... to have on the team. I, I to me, I, I'm. I guess then it's like you're bringing people to compete for like the fifth spot, and I think they're competing with Mechie five versus six. I just, they, they kept I six for most of the year. The only time they kept five was whenever they had one on the injury reserve. So six is what – now you're going to bring more to camp, but six is what you're going to have on your 53. I, I would be fine personally if they – I think the split makes the most sense. Sign, like sign yeah. someone in the offseason and then draft someone as well. Now, and I'm what still caliber? What yeah, caliber but, you so are you better to sign someone or just Woods wasn't a, a problem in the locker room? Mm-hmm. Woods actually was was decent from time to time in the year. Yeah, good in the locker room. And, and, and in traffic, you know, like I said, across the middle, which I didn't really see him being, you know, had that much value. He actually had good hands in traffic and made some catches. Are you good with bringing him back this or are you going to find somebody else? It depends on the caliber of the free agent, which is where I'm asking you, Joe. Like, what, what caliber of free agent are you bringing in if you're splitting it? Drafting is, a guy and signing a bet. It's just so hard to figure out, like, what the, the value of some of these guys are. Because if you look at, like, you know, spot rack or whatever it is, like, what is Hollywood Brown going to get? Yeah. See, if he's a bargain, I could be intrigued by that. A guy like Gabe Davis intrigues me, too. Gabe Davis like, would be great, I, know but I think he's going to have value. His last moment is a bad drop in the NFL. But what about Josh Reynolds? Uh, 
I think that's kind of Robert Woods. He's, he's more say, of a younger yeah, version. Say, uh, Ex-Rams, yeah. I, I could see him being just another version of Robert yeah, Woods. I don't, I don't. I think he's a little yeah. quicker at like this he, point in his career. And for me, like with the draft, it just depends on who's there at 23. Like I'm it, not drafting a receiver at 23. Nope. Unless somebody slides, which I don't think somebody's going to slide. You don't think Keon Coleman will be there at 23? See what sweat Maybe, did, by the way. Like, do I want to pass up on a sweat for a Keon I want Coleman sweat at when 23 Nick drafts good receivers happy. in the third round? Yeah, I I, I I really like Keon Coleman. I like Legit too. If you can get him in the second. Did you see what Sweat did? And I have no, I really, I I, people it. were making a big deal, but I didn't care. He didn't. He refused to weigh in because he said he was playing at 362 and they thought he was heavier. And then I saw him absolutely bull rush several offensive linemen and, and just but, completely speed bump them on the way to the quarterback going, I don't care how much my defensive tackle weighs if he could do those things. <laughs> He's asking about, did he, did he look fat? No, he, no, he looked like a freaking bulldozer. Yeah, give me that guy. Uh, Keith says, what about former Pats and Bills running back Damian Harris? Stop it with your old guys, Keith. Jeez. It's the worst. All right, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. Time for our car wreck of the day. Start nominating. What are you nominating for our car wreck of the day? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, the only sports radio on FM in Houston. All right. My leg is broken. The oh, bolt's coming through. Let me see. This is the car wreck of the day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right, let's get to our car wreck of the day. What are you nominating for our car wreck of the day? 713 780 3776. A couple of Twitchers have already nominated Joe. Shocker. We've already nominated Joe. Is one Alex? Alex is one. I don't, I, I don't think this is justified today. Alex is one. He says Joe for his rundown PETA comment. The high horse. The high horse. When he was talking about Ugga 10 dying. It was, it was an accident. Yeah, but it's still. I mean, accidents belong on car wreck of the day. That's true. Car but, accident. But that was not. Whatever. Uh, also, Poncho's nominating you for your funny faces. Okay. Do you make so, them? No, they're just nominating me. He does okay. make faces on Wednesday. Yeah, there's, yeah there's I was going to say it's appropriate today. He does make faces on Wednesday. What are you nominating here, Blankers? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nominate the Houston Sports Awards for creating controversy by bringing back the Arrows mascot. <laughs> Is it controversy? Yes. You could, you've seen it on Twitter. I don't know if it's controversy. Well, it's it, more... Speculation, speculation, maybe un- unjust, necessary spe- yeah, speculation. unjust and unnecessary speculation. I don't know if I would call it controversial. Like, did what is the mascot's name? Did he like stab somebody while he was there? Did he say something that he wasn't supposed to? Say? Did he speak at all? It's a mascots wolf? aren't supposed is to. Is it speak. a wolf? The arrows. I think it's a wolf. Yeah. Which why? <laughs> I, again, I don't understand that either. If they're the arrows and they're air, with the planes and all that, Meh, I don't know because they live in like cold areas. I don't know. I have no idea. It's hockey. It's Houston. Uh, that's a good one. I'm going to nominate. Uh, speaking of the Houston Sports Awards, our guy Will Doctor was out there yesterday. He was asking guys some trivia question for free chicken. Who who doesn't love free chicken? He asked. Uh, listen, listen to this trivia question he asked for Lance Berkman, which proves that Lance Berkman does not care about the Astros baseball team. Who was the Astros World Series MVP in 2022? Silence. Um, I don't know. Let me. Uh, was it the shortstop? Okay. Yeah. All Played right. the same position as Adam Everett. Thank yeah, you, Will. Yeah, yeah. You already said it was a shortstop. 
Is that it? That's it? Isn't that what you had it time-coded? No. No. They're the Car Wreck of the Day nomination for Joe George. That's your <laughs> third of the day. There was more time to that. He, he had, oh, yeah. You had like, like 20 seconds. Yeah, he like guessed I the name. I still got it. I think he guessed like Geronimo. You still got it? Yeah. Keep going. Uh, last name starts with a P. Pineda? Uh, Pineda. First name starts with a J. I don't know. I've... I've I, that that's probably terrible. I'm, yeah, I'm looking right at it him, is. but I can't bring his name to my mind. Hey, no, we're, you've got a full there college roster. That's Houston, that's, that's good. He is the head coach of Houston Christian. Yeah, yes, so he, he doesn't know who the starting shortstop is for the Houston Astros. I think that last part might be the worst one, where he says, "I'm looking right at him," and he points <laughs> yeah. over to the side of the screen, which I'm assuming means Jeremy Payne. I'm looking right I at he, him. I right thought there. it was like he could picture him in his mind. No, I think I don't, we Jeremy don't see Jeremy Pena on camera, so it could yeah, have been Pena was at the Mister October Golf Tournament for Reggie. Yesterday. But the way he points, so the way it he points, been. I'm like, I, it seems like he's there. King of Twitch says car wreck of the day, mandatory Texans talk. Apparently, somebody that used to work here was saying that a PD in the past called him and said that he needed to talk Texans. It's true. It is true? Yeah. I didn't know this. Here? Were they, oh, they called him now or when we... No, when he, was, when he was here. He said that when he was here, he had a program director call and say that he had to talk more Texans. Is what I was told. Oh, maybe not. No, I don't know that, though. I've never Did had a PD a... tell us anything. I know. Did like, we have a program director at I don't that know time? We, I don't know if we've I can't imagine AJ had. telling people to talk Texas. Yeah, AJ was the last guy. And then before that, it was Tepper. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, he wouldn't do that. I, I feel like we had someone, it's one of the six tenors. I think the story's getting confused. Yeah, we had a consultant. Yeah, I don't think that would happen here. Uh-uh. I don't think that would happen here. Um, did y'all see this Jeff Goodman stuff? I did. Yeah. What was it about? I saw him Jeff, apologizing so Jeff today. Jeff he does fill to 64. He's a college basketball analyst. He looks very funny. I've never been a big fan. Um, there was like an independent journalist that's doing like these biggie stories, and they did something with Ed Cooley leaving Providence to go to Georgetown. And like there were some allegations in there, like he might have cheated on his wife and like, you know, whatever. And Jeff Goodman wasn't a fan of this documentary. He's like started to DM the guy, bully tactics, take this down. He said, you're going to look good. Like, are you do you look good in orange? Assuming he's wearing like a prison jumpsuit and all of this. And then the guy just he posted the DMs. Yeah. And Jeff Goodman's getting dragged right now. I, I saw him. His apology was wasn't exactly it wasn't an, an apology. apology. He never said yeah. sorry. He no. goes, I know the DMs look bad, and I'll try to be better next time. He didn't apologize. And then he went on a rant about how wrong the guy was. Yeah, I never, I'm, I'm, eh, I don't wish bad things on people, but yeah, I'm always, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff's always been a little bit shady to me. Yeah, he's the one guy, I think, in media that is generally disliked. Like him, Rovell. He used to be pretty Big covering college he basketball was on ESPN for a while, for a long yeah, time. on ESPN, and then basically they just kind of said we're they, done. I think whenever they did the layoffs, he, he got okay. got, and now he's with Field of 64. Joe, you got one? Uh, it's the Field of 68 because there's 68 teams that make the tournament now. There should be 64. Yeah, so but, uh, that's my silent protest. Fair. Actually, it's Arrow's not. mascot, by the way, someone texted <laughs> in, is a German shepherd named Chili. Who knew? It seems like an oxymoron. Yeah, they're not going to work in Houston anymore. Uh, celebrating John McClain's layoff, too. I saw too many people on Twitter celebrating the yeah, layoff. That's, yeah, yeah, it's it's piling on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to not like, like the guy. Maybe you're happy that he's no longer going to be on the air. But to celebrate it, that, that just felt wrong to me. What's winning here? I hate to say this, Joe, ones. but just what you just did might be 
Yeah, no, I, think, I think Lance Berkman should win. I think you're probably I'm, right. I'm torn. Okay, we'll go with Lance. Yeah. Congratulations, Lance. Thanks, he's not, a day off. He might not win that much this year, so he's got to win something. <laughs> Congratulations, wow. Lance. Congratulations. You've won our car wreck of the day. That does it for us. Thank you to Joe George for doing mediocre work at best today. Uh, he's blank. I'm Brandon. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Joe George now doing his finest work for the next hour. will be hosting the bullpen for you. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. All your base are belong to us. All your base are belong to us. Ha, ha, ha.